Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, we've got two hip-hop artists uh, that are joining me today. Uh, we've got Hellcat, a.k.a. Hassani. Yes, sir. Um, he's got a couple songs out. His latest one is... Um, we pose like Madonna. Pose like Rihanna. Don't be... Oh, it's yeah. called Madonna. Madonna, also impressed you. That, yeah. one's a, that one has a ton of fire features on it as well. Yes, sir. And, and then... Is it 53206, right? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. 53206, that one too. Yeah. Um, all three of them on the same day? Yes, January 4th. Yeah, I pay attention. Yes, sir. Pulled, oh, wow. I, nice, nice. Yeah. Nice doing it. I pulled my Nardwar on him today. Yeah. Um, and then with his uh, song, Show... Show Nuff. Show Nuff. We got fifth in the house. The Soulful Heart. Yep, so for heart. I just dropped uh, Eastside Love too. In Eastside Love. Is yeah. that a one on uh, Spotify yet? or? Yep, it's available everywhere now. Oh, perfect. Okay. As well as the Loom app. So if you haven't downloaded Loom, Loom get that a shot. Get on Loom yeah. if you haven't already. It's We've, a dope app. Loom is great for the, uh, the otherwise unreleased singles or content. You know, a lot of people are doing Loom exclusives these days. Yeah. So uh, I dropped. Eastside Love is a moon exclusive at first. Um, I let it sit there for like about a couple weeks and then I uploaded it. After I seen like the traction it was catching on moon, I uploaded it to everything. So yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, guys. Really excited. Thanks for having uh, us, man. Of course, guys. Uh, we got some EJ in the house. Yes, sir. Classic. Mm. Thank you for bringing. Oh, uh, no problem. Thank you for bringing. EJ is like, that's like, when I was 19 years old, go-to drink, for sure. I feel like it's like high, at this point, it's like high five juice. There's always, yes. like Ryan, our own, our studio owner, he loves EJ. We've always got big-ass bottles of EJ, like, nice. sitting on the on the counter. See, and coming shit. from Ryan, who drinks, like, scotch, I don't understand how this is his favorite drink. This is cheap as hell. Like, yeah, but, cheap, cheap. But. Well, we're, we're also, um... Most of us are uh, run, rolling on a DIY budget, so we need cheap yeah. liquor to get through the through the <laughs> way, you know. So, um, so fifth, uh, you had a, a little bit of a a, uh, a hurdle to jump uh, on your way here, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, tell tell us what happened, man. So I was coming down uh, North Avenue about uh, in like in between Fifth and Fourth for North Avenue, and it was a guy behind me driving like an asshole, and I ended up. Trying to keep him from hitting me, I hit somebody, so had a little bit of a fender bender, which really pissed me off. But hey, you know, nobody got hurt. Um, yeah, thank God. No, yes. no damage thank was done to the Beamer, so I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. As no damage was done to my baby, I'm fine. So, well, you know, everything's all right. We're glad you're, we're glad you're all good. Yeah. I'm glad you could still be here. Um, so, boys, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through our creative minds okay. and um love that topic yeah man i mean i i think that we don't talk about it enough amongst our circles about how like you know why are we what are we really chasing after far what do we really like uh you know what's what's like inspiring me to create every day right. and to and to you know be successful in your crafts and in your case it's it's music mm -hmm. so um so in order to do that successfully, um, I want to start with you, Hassani. I want to talk about, um, I guess, just like your beginnings as an artist and like where you really started finding um, sort of an outlet in music and how it led you to where you are today. It's a, a very cool story. Like I would write a book on it one day. Okay. Because it's, it's very layered. Because when I started, like I was already a writer by the time I was rapping. And I was already like doing poetry. I'd already like gotten into writing articles, short stories. Like I had been like writing like literally since I was in like second grade making these short stories. I called them Catfish and Friends. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Based off like Rainbow Fish, you ever read that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But okay. um, basically like how I like got started rapping was when I was like 19 or whatever in my like rebellious angst age. I used to hang out with uh, one of my old homies um, he was like in his 20s, so he had his own crib, 
and you know we were you know chopping it up we had like uh hookah it was basically like a pre-hookah lounge like oh, in wow. his crib so we would like set up the hookah and we would start like freestyling and stuff like that and i was literally like the best freestyle like um every time we would have like our homies come over and be like i saw you put on a beat put on a beat put on a beat because i was always like djing yeah. the music or whatever right. and we were just like rapping and rapping and so from there it got on to um, one of my uh, other homeboys, Troy, he had started like making beats, whatever. And when we all like moved in together and started like living in our apartment, I was just like, well, you know, forget it. Like I can actually like start rapping. So it just went from there. I dropped like my first song called Ancha, which is like Loki a SoundCloud exclusive because of the way that it sounds. I recorded it at uh, 2035 Studios. That's how old this record oh, is because wow. that place doesn't even exist anymore. Sure. Um, rest in peace, 2035 Studios. But shout out, shout Jones. out, it's Rangy. Yeah, yes sir, yeah. And yes sir. Over there. Mm. But um, that's where literally, yeah. yeah. Um, that's literally where I recorded that record and I dropped it on SoundCloud. And then from there, it just kind of like, I kept like pushing it, like working with, you know, all different types of, you know, engineers and just kind of like getting my name out there. So that's where kind of like it really started. Awesome. Sure, so, man. Totally. Um, and then uh, fifth, we'll turn the tables on you. Where did your artistry uh, start uh, seeing itself kind of become a reality? My, see, my, my story is a little bit different than his, uh, as far, of course. But, um, you know, I grew up around artists like S.K.J., S.K. King. Shout out, you know, those guys. My brothers. Um, and Mo City, I, I watched them growing up, mm. you know. I love Mo so much. Yeah. Mo, we love you yeah, here on Mr. Uh, nice Guy. Those, those, are my, those are my brothers, like, yeah. you know, isn't the thing I wouldn't do for them in the world. Those are my brothers. And, like, if it wasn't for them, I, it would be no fit. Like, you know, I kind of, not, I wouldn't say grow, grew up. Like, I watched S. Guy J and S. Guy King, you know, make music all throughout high school. You know, I was more so like, I would write. But I would never take it seriously, yeah. you know. And then, you know, I, I had a little situation in 2000, um, end of 13, beginning of 14, where I had to go to prison for a few years. So when I was in, I was really writing because, hey, I had nothing else to right. do, like, yeah, you know, yeah. work out and write. And then when I got home, I had a few songs I actually wanted to record and hear how they sounded, you know, play around with some sounds. And that brought forth Changed Up and that brought forth um, there, which features Mo City, uh, my brother, again. Um, yeah, right. right. <laughs> but you know, going through that little two, three year stint, it 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 matured me as far as like as an artist because it it helped me realize like this is something I can do and this is something I can actually be good at. So when I got home, you know, I started working mm -hmm. um, very diligently on um, Beautiful Nightmare, which is my first project. Yeah. Um, which did actually it did great. Um, it's currently sitting at three hundred thousand streams. So hell yeah. yeah. So it was like oh, doing yes, pretty good. Project. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So it did pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. After I got home, I, I just you know dove into it. Like let's see where this takes yeah, me. And yeah. you know here we are. Like now, I'm pretty. I want to say like I'm. A, I don't feel I'm a big name in Milwaukee, but I'm starting to get a little traction behind my name. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. Just dropped Eastside Love, which is um, the first yeah, official single. Eastside. Yeah, that's my shit. <laughs> I remember when you performed it, bro. Yeah, like, that's probably that's the first official um, single for my upcoming project, Soulful Heart. Great. So yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, um, how did it, like when you like got out of prison? Like, I guess how did it feel coming home? It was it was weird like it was like the it was like the fucking how do you say like surreal it was surreal it was, mm -hmm. it, I felt like an oxymoron like mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. so many words I could use to describe the feeling I felt when I first came home because it was like yeah I'm back home now what yeah, like, yeah you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, so it's right, like yeah I had a lot of questions that were unanswered you know as detailed in the song there, like it, it, it described like, you know, I, I was married when I first went to jail. You know, I, I was I was young as hell, but I was mm -hmm. married when I first went. Sure. And you know, the marriage didn't go, it didn't work out. So we ended up getting a divorce or whatever. And like, there is like me saying, 
you know, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, I feel a way about how everything went, yeah. but overall, I'm okay with this. Yeah, so, right. And that's pretty sure. much what the story is behind the song there, whatever. I wrote that actually locked up before I had a beat for anything. Oh, mm -hmm. And yeah. it turned into what it is with Mo City. So it's like Mo City brought a different element. But, you know, like when I first came home, it was just, you know, what now? What what do I do? I had to really start over. Yeah. You know, I had to build a relationship with my daughter who was born while I was in jail. Mm -hmm. Um I had to really refine myself as a person because I wanted to do music and I had to rebrand myself and really, you know, try to move away from what got me locked up. So yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, I I changed my whole everything when I came home. Like I, I feel like I came home a, a brand new person, which isn't a bad thing because I woke up, I realized, you know, who I need to be around. Who I don't need to be around, yeah, yeah. what activities I need to partake in, and what activities I don't need to partake in. I feel like me going away actually matured me, and it, and it and it and it taught me a lot that I probably would have never learned if I wouldn't have went through what I went through. Yeah, mm -hmm. dude, that's growth, man. That is yeah. amazing growth. I'm gonna like drink. I was so aggressive when I went away. Yeah. Before I went away, like, yeah. I was I was like everyone calls me aggressive now, mm -hmm. but like. Jay and King could attest, like, I was three times worse before I went away. Sure. Like, I was terrible before I went away, but, like, I'm still a hot head now, but mm -hmm. it's more so I'm a hot head when I feel offended. Yeah. When I feel like right. someone yeah. is bothering me and I have, like, actual, like, something I could go off of, like, no, I feel this way because this person said this or this person did right. this. Yeah. Before, it wasn't none of that. You could look at me wrong. I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've grown a lot. And I'm, way more mature than what I was before I went in. Dude, I'm super proud of you. Like, I'm gonna, honestly, I'm gonna drink to that because, sure. like, that's, that's just such an amazing growth, man. Yeah. Mm. It's not, it's not easy. Like, I don't think people realize, like, being in control of your emotions isn't something that you can just do. You know, yeah. some people are born oh, sure. yeah. with the ability just to be in control at all times. Shout yeah. out, City. Um, <laughs> you always be in control. Who, speaking of Mo, is like one of those guys where he's, he just seems to be always in control. He's always yeah. like so mellow and this thing. I'm not that guy. Like, I'm literally like the complete opposite of Mo. Like, what Mo wouldn't react to right away, he would actually sit on and think about, like, maybe mm -hmm. I'm tripping. No, I'm, I'm going to react to yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, that's something I'm kind of, kind of stepping away from. Like, yeah. So I you know, would never get that vibe from you. Like you I, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I would either, never yeah. That's what a lot of people say. Like they don't see where the the hot headedness is. And, yeah. it, and and like me, I really live on treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. So it's like you wouldn't see the hot headedness in me unless you rub me away. I wouldn't rub you, or like you 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 wronged me, and I feel like okay now I got to say something. Right, you know yeah. like. I really try to carry myself in a way that if you hear Fifth showing his ass, you're not going to think, damn, Fifth tripping. You're going to think, what did they do to Fifth yeah. to make him do that? Like, like you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that uh, Thugnificent on Boondocks where he's like, dang, what did they do to him to make him that mad? Right. You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> like, I'm, just not, I'm just not that person. Like, I'm, I'm a way more people yeah. after now. Pre-jail and all that, it's a different conversation, but like at this point in my life, like I have, I have two kids that are born and I have one that's literally any day now. So mm -hmm. I have a total of three kids and it's like, I can't be running around being yeah. hot-headed yeah. with three kids yeah. that just don't look good because one of my radio papers, I don't got time to be mm -hmm. possibly put in a position where I got to leave them for the remainder of my term or whatever or catch a new case because I didn't think in the situation. Yeah. So like now I really try to think everything through before I show my yes, ass. Yeah. Because if I have to show my ass, it's gonna be worth it. Of you course. know, that's how yeah. I try to look at everything now. I like and man, I can like actually relate in a lot of in some <laughs> ways too because like like I mean, I, I'm pretty, like, open about it, but, like, yeah. so I have, like, a lot of, I have some mental health issues, and, so, okay. like, I actually have a mental illness that causes me to be very emotionally unstable. Um, I'm a borderline personality, so that means that, like, I, 
I'm very like I can get kind of that hot headedness too, where like I get very emotionally reactive. You don't think sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you you any ounce of reason becomes just like completely like uh, subsided by your emotional reactivity, mm-hmm. and it causes a lot of anger and just yeah. extreme sadness or just like overall just. You know, it's you feel like it's you against the world. Man, yeah, yeah. It's awful, and I like, and I remember when I was like, uh, like uh, fifteen, sixteen. Like I used to get in like emotionally, like, like I was like destructive. Like you know, mm-hmm. I would get in horrible fucking fights with my parents and like with my friends and stuff, and I felt like shit because yeah. of it. You know, because like I, it's like you know they don't deserve that. That's just. It's just, like, I'm that sensitive to, you know, the littlest things that will, like, you know, set me off and shit. Right. And, um, okay. and it's, it's it's something I feel like a lot of people just... Blow by the wayside. Yeah. They don't, they don't take it so seriously. Like, I was diagnosed, and I wasn't diagnosed until I was in prison. I was diagnosed with a mental illness of um, bipolar depressive. So... I literally could be chill like I am now, mm-hmm. but the moment I'm put in a high stress situation, there's no telling what you can get from me. So like, I, I, I totally get what you're yeah. saying because the personality and the bipolar the depressive are like one and the same. Oh They're yeah, so yeah. similar, very similar. So it's like people don't understand like when we with these disorders mental illnesses of any kind, people with anxiety as well. Yeah. When we are in high stress situations, there's no telling what you can get from us. Yeah, we can be a little erratic, but we mean well. Yes. And we don't yeah. mean the heart cause no right. Dude, it's, it's yeah. something we battling within and right. a lot of people don't understand that. And I wish more people actually looked into mental health and mental, you know, welfare and actually took time to actually get therapy and stuff like that. Cause that's something I want to get into because I feel like you know, I, I, I could literally do a, a, a three-hour seminar on my life, like, as yeah, far as yeah, all yeah. the stuff I've been through and things that have been triggered for me. Like, I just lost my granny a couple of days ago. Um, my condolences. Thank you, thank you. And then I lost my, uh, my mom's mom, which is my granny. So I lost my great-grandma a couple of days ago. I lost my mom's mom, which is my, gran- my immediate grandma in 2014 as well as I lost my dad's mom in 2014 so like since 2000, 2014 was probably the worst year of my life I go to jail sure. I get a divorce I miss my daughter being born I lost two grannies and an uncle mm-hmm. so it's like you know that just threw me down like this terrible stage of depression and that's where the, the bipolar depression kind of yeah, set in right. so it's like you know, some people are born with mental illnesses. Of course, yeah. some mental predispositions. Illnesses. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then some people develop it as they yeah. go through stressful encounters with life. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, take your mental health seriously because if you got to take a break from people, you got to take a break from people. Yes, because you don't want to be that person that flips out and they're like, "Oh, he crazy." When it's not you being crazy, your mind is just tired. I'm terrified of that. Like, if one day, like, I get like. One day something's gonna like set me off and I'm gonna lash out at somebody and it's gonna like fuck everything up. Like I get terrified of that and like I don't want that to happen by any means. But you know, it's like it's a fear you have as you know someone who struggles with a mental illness is like yeah. you're afraid of like you know people looking at you differently because of how right. mental illness you know affects your behavior and how you relate yeah. to others. Yeah. Hassani, how do you? feel like I guess you know I want to hear from you a little bit like do you like have experience with like you know like mental health and music and stuff like that um I dealt with um it's funny you say 2014 because that's that was a terrible year for me <laughs> 2014, <laughs> 2014 was kind of like it was the year that I graduated high school mm-hmm. yeah. so I was like 18 years old about two years yeah, yeah I thought we was the same age oh no man. I, yeah. no man I graduated the same year as you too but no like 2014 right I'm 18 years old um, all of these expectations set by like all these people like you're supposed to be smart you're like you're supposed to be going to college I didn't want to go to college like I, I like I hated school school was making me depressed I used to skip a lot but um, I was dealing with just like a lot of emotions and so up until like recently I've kind of like figured out ways to kind of like manage that depression so like I made a post on Facebook like a couple, I think like last week, I was like, you know, if 
uh, you're depressed, uh, stop smoking weed. If you're depressed, stop masturbating. If you're depressed, stop drinking a lot. Well, I'll say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> drink if you can, but uh, drink, yeah. stop drinking a lot. You know, um, if you're depressed, go outside. You know, if yeah. you're depressed, appreciate what you have because someone else has worse than you. So I always think that like my situation, like although I go through the situations that I go through, not only does someone else have it worse than me, but you know, I'm given the gift of life each and every day. So I have to do something with it. I think about uh, this girl, uh, shout out Kia Brazil. Um, this girl, I used to work with her at Denequest. She used to work at Denequest with me. I, I'm still there. And you know, she was diagnosed with some kind of like disease or, or something like that. And they ended up like amputating her legs oh, wow. and they cut her fingers off. And I'm just like, this woman is just all on Facebook, like, you know, telling God, thank you, like every day. And I'm just thinking in my mind, like, what do I have to complain for? Like, I can walk, like I can get up, like I can jump, like I can, you know what I'm saying, yeah. scream, like I have all my limbs and all my fingers, like I have nothing to be like, yeah, I get in those modes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like stuff can make me upset, but if I'm upset, I'm shaming the other person that's, you know, has more of a right than me to be upset, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, my sole motivation is just like, God, that's all like, how I keep moving, you know? Like, yeah. motivated by like God, family and money and shout out don b gfm <laughs> uh sure so i mean like for me it's just anxiety is a big thing for me yeah, like same. i just i just get anxious in like natural situations and so like when i did smoke a lot of weed like it would just kind of heighten it yeah. i thought that at the time like weed would calm me down but it really kind of did the opposite sure because like i have like that kind of i can develop that kind of energy when you're high like on my own without you know being high mm -hmm. so with weed it just kind of enhanced it and yeah. it's just like it's just not for me you know what i'm saying like it's just Same. Like anything that Same. i would you know um and i mean this is recent of course like i yeah. if it feels like a month ago i would be like getting a three five right now but you know i quit specifically for that reason because i knew that like you know it's better for me to just have like a clear head and a clear mind just so i'm able to like focus and make conscious decisions without yeah. like getting angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I like that. Yeah. And and to 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 recognize that shows the maturity because it's like a lot of people don't recognize stuff like that until they're thirty, forty. Um, you know, like they don't realize like what their triggers are. Yeah. So right. you know, I'm 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 twenty five and I'm just now. Mm -hmm. You know, getting to the point yeah. where I recognize I can't go there because there pisses me off. Yeah. Or I can't go by this person because this person is a trigger for me yes. for whatever reason. Yeah. So it's like, it takes a while. And I don't know, women are a little bit faster with this, but men, we tend to take a little bit longer. I don't understand what it is, and I don't understand why, you know, the creator made us this way, but it takes a little longer for men to really truly set into the maturity testosterone you know yeah, what i'm saying right. to really hormonal stuff. Yeah, that's real man hormonal it's stuff really like it's it's weird because like women are considered the emotional creatures and men are considered the logical creatures but in reality <laughs> yeah 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 women can have their moments where they, they they're irrational as fuck of they, course they don't want to hear truth they want to hear reason but Men, we have this thing that we do when we feel like we got it. It ain't nothing you can tell us. Mm -hmm. No matter how oh, much sense it makes absolutely. that we don't got it. And absolutely. it's like, it take a lot of maturity to actually realize that and actually move in a way that, okay, I know if I smoke, this is gonna heighten this feeling in me mm -hmm. and it's gonna make me act erratically. Or I know if I drink or get drunk, this is gonna make me feel away and I'm gonna think about this and the third. Like me, like I don't smoke anymore. Um mm -hmm. and Man, I don't, three of us. Yeah, I, yeah. I try not to drink as much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I first started, like like last year to be for example, like you didn't see fifth if you didn't have a fifth. So it was you like you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like I've gotten to the point where I could do a show and I'm not drunk. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to the point where I don't need liquor to write a song. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm getting a lot better with my personal demons, and it sounds like you are too. And it, you know, yeah, you are it's, too, so. it's like 
the way I used to think about it, like even talking to God, like at first, like when I got into like, I'll call it like ministry. When I got into it, I was about like 19 around the same time. You know, mm -hmm. I was I was doing hell of praying, like praying a lot. But I was still like smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? I was still smoking weed. I was young, you know, I was still like doing the stuff that young people would do if they were 19 years old. But on top of that, like I just had a consistent or, you know, had a consistent prayer life. And so, you know, years went by, you know, my position in life, you know, in God's eyes elevated a little bit. So there was some stuff that I had to like get rid of in order for my position to continue to increase. So. In the first instance, at the beginning of this year, I should have already had stopped smoking weed. Like I was already like, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta stop smoking weed, you gotta stop smoking weed. So I'm like, okay. So I stopped for a little bit, right? But the temptation of weed, you know, especially being around people and being around weed so much, it only like made it a little bit more just like, oh, I mean, it's right here. You know, I can see all my other friends doing it. Like, why not just roll up? And so for a minute, you know, I went back to it and I did because like it was easy for me to just quit. Like some people can't really quit weed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. But um, it got to a point where it was just like when I was praying, like I stopped hearing God. And I was like asking myself, like, why can't I hear God? But at the same time, I said, why can't I hear God? Why can't I hear God? And then immediately I'm just like, oh, I had to stop smoking weed, right? And so it took a while because nothing is ever instantaneous, but, you know, I felt as though that, like, I built up enough of just, like, a repose of myself to where it's just, like, my mental state of mind is, like, it's more free without weed. You know, like, I feel like I enjoy life a little bit better without yeah. weed because for some people, weed is like a band-aid on life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And weed is supposed to be like- It's a, it's a reality slip. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an escape. escape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's essentially what drugs do. But at the same time, when you're like going through something and you're going through a situation and you smoke weed, you decide that you'd rather smoke weed instead of dealing with the problem. Yeah. And so, you know, when I stopped smoking weed the second time, that's when I started to like face my depression. And I was just like, oh, this is what I'm angry about. Oh, this is what gets me sad. So now I had to like critically think and figure out ways to like keep myself up. So when I stopped, I started cooking more. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I would always like eat out and like yeah, buy McDonald's yeah. and like Checkers was right by the crib. Like it's, <laughs> it's it, in, in Wendy's, you can get five bucks for a biggie bag. Like it's so convenient. Like, right, 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 yeah, um, totally. When I stopped, like it gave me more time to just like write and it gave me more time to just like, just like really study. Like I'm a Bible nerd. Like I'm a, I'm a real life, I'm a nerd in general, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a real life Bible nerd. Like a lot of people don't really know that about me because I don't really talk about it like that, but um, it's really just something that like I'm really into is just yeah. like studying and just like keeping up my mental Just like training myself like how you would train your right. body Like just training my mind because you never know with life like anything can really happen Like somebody can like try to get into a fist fight with you Like you got to be equipped to know how to deal with that kind of stuff like you can't like how you would say you know I'm equipped No, like <laughs> uh, that's that's the thing, like that's the thing. I'm a quick. That's that's you the thing, like man. Like, you give me these hands for no reason. <laughs> I'll talk real quick. I, I believe that like yeah. you cannot, you can't repay evil for evil. Facts. Yes, that's, that's true. What I'm facts. If you if you repay somebody evil for good, it makes them feel bad about doing the evil that they do, and then it makes them wonder like, how are you so motivated to do good? And then that's when you like get into like, oh okay, well I have a savior. I have somebody that you know I talk to constantly that reminds me of these things that, you know, help me through, you know, these situations when I really needed them most. That's when you like introduce your faith and that you get into those conversations. Not like beating it on the head with people, how like other, you know, religious people are, but you know. Um, yeah, it's personal to you, right? You know, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's your relationship with God. Exactly, that's like people take the whole religion aspect and they take it to like, oh yeah, to do these rules the dogma of it and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with a religion it has to do with like relationship i think of god as like my best friend yeah and as it should be as it should be um i yeah so i like yeah i guess with like my own experience with like weed and stuff like mental illness like i so like i guess like my biggest trigger um so like uh 
two years ago now, two and a half years ago, like I was like in a suicidal rut <laughs> and I entered uh, the psych ward. And um, I was there for four days. And when I was there, um, that was when I was diagnosed as a borderline personality. And like I was diagnosed with like obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety. And I learned from like my experiences in therapy that like, you know, my biggest thing, my biggest trigger is my fear of abandonment. Like I'm terrified of abandonment. I'm terrified of like feeling like I have a constant like predisposition that like the world is like out to get me constantly. Um, you know, and, and it's call it existential, call it, you know, real or imagined, but like, it's just a constant fear that lingers in like my everyday behaviors and life and everything. And I remember like, so like when, like I would smoke weed when like, you know, when I was in high school, like I remember it, like, as you said, like mm -hmm. I initially wanted it, wanted to use it as a catalyst for relaxation, right, you know, exactly. to make it, to make it, cause that's, you know, that's sort of like the, the, that's the image that's associated with weed is for it to be a relaxing remedy that like, you know, lets you, you know, just be chill and everything. But for me, it did the absolute opposite. Right. Like it, it, it made me paranoid. Oh my it gosh. made me like, Heightened. it made me terrified that like all my friends hate me that like, I'm like, that like I'm going crazy that like all this fucking, it just, it fucked me up, dude. And, like, that's why, like, I haven't touched weed since I was 18 because, like, I just don't like the feeling of being high. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and, like, yes, I like the drink. But. <laughs> Sir. Cheers to EJ. But. Um, Never to drink to get drunk, though. Right, right. But I drink to have a good time. And yeah. that's, a, that's a key thing. Exactly. I don't drink to escape anything. I drink to have a good time, to loosen up a little bit, to just be here with with my my guests mm -hmm. be here with my friends you know enjoy and, good company yes enjoy good company and like i and that's the thing is like i don't ever feel pressured to like ever smoke weed again it's just not for me you mm -hmm. know and it, but it's it works for plenty of other people mm -hmm. um a, a lot of people find that find that joy and that relaxation in it you know but at the same time like i'm here drinking and like this is what I do to, mm -hmm. to relax you know exactly. so like I'll never say that it's like wrong for somebody to smoke weed no I'll never say that like from a from a general general standpoint like weed itself it's good for people who need it you know yeah. so there are cancer patients that use it to ease the pain like that's it's a medicine that's what it should be used right. for but you know just like with anything like oxycodone like uh freaking Xanax. Xanax. Like all of these other things that people use for like ailments, like weed can be abused. And yeah, so for right. certain people, and it's not necessarily for everybody, but just for me specifically, like I would abuse weed. Like I roll up two blunts, like I get off work, you know what I'm saying? Just smoke. Just like I'm just like, I'm geeked. I'm, I'm ready to be high. And then like I thought about myself, like, am I addicted to weed? Like, mm -hmm. am I an addict? Like, and yes, like I face that reality. Like, yeah. You should put that away because if you're motivated to like get home and the first thing that you do is you roll up, you mm -hmm. sit on the couch, you do nothing. That's yeah. That's a sad life to right. live. Like yeah. that's not good. I think at the end of the day, all of us, no matter whether you're creative, whether you're, you know, just an everyday person, whether whatever like anybody watching, learn your triggers. Because learning your triggers is going to make your life so much more manageable. Mm. Learn what gives you closure in life. You know, it's 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 personal to you. You know, like 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 honestly, like I can't stress it enough. Like just being so, like it's, it's it all goes back to self awareness at the end mm. of the day. Like being aware of like you know who you are as a person and what you know. What makes you happy? What makes you upset? What makes you anxious? What makes you, you know, what makes you, what instills anger in you? What instills That's, fear in you? Okay, I'm, I'm kind of like interested, Fifth. Like, how do you deal with anger? So, <laughs> I don't know, so I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, no. I, I, no, I, sure, um, yeah. Cause it's, I have an interesting way to deal with anger. It depends on what makes me upset. So it's like, 
say if one of my, my buddies make me upset, I'd rather go to them or speak on my feelings or whatever the case may be. But like, when it comes to strangers, this is what I'm working on. So when, when it yeah. comes to people, I, I don't have like the second thought of causing them harm. So like, mm -hmm. when it's somebody you love, you think twice almost before you say something or before you act a certain way. What I'm working on currently is like, when it's somebody I don't care for, or have like an immediate love for my response. Like, so I had a, um, a situation at my, um, at a little job I had or whatever I had, keyword had. Um, sure. Okay. And I felt like the manager was picking with me, he was mm -hmm. messing with me. Um, and you know, I felt he disrespected me when we was having a conversation and it went left. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I had to leave. So it was like, I feel like, what I try to do to handle my anger, I try to get to a quiet place and I try to listen to instrumentals and actually write about mm -hmm. what I'm angry about. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's lucky. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like that's a good idea. Um, I wrote Show Enough when I was mad mm -hmm. at Simon. Mm -hmm. You know, I was actually mad at her, but I sat and I took time to think about why am I here? Why? Mm -hmm. Why are we? in this relationship. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I've actually like never written a song angry. Yeah, so like, mm -hmm. I, I've, a lot of my music is written when I feel away. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. there for instance was a song I wrote when I was, when I felt away. Um, Scary Hours was a song I wrote when I felt away. Mm -hmm. um, being honest, um, East I Love was a song I wrote when I felt away. Mm -hmm. Like, when it comes to me getting upset at people I actually give a fuck about, I don't try to be mad. I try to think about why this person is even in my life currently, you know. And Eastside Love was written and, uh, for the purpose to express my love for my uh, significant other, which is Simon. It was to show, like, yeah, I'm mad right now, but no matter how mad we get at each other, you've always had my back. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty much what Eastside Love is basically telling the story of, you know. At the opening line is you fuck with me when I was down and out. Mm -hmm. I gave you my last, you never counted me out. Those, that's the first lines of the song. Uh, like mm -hmm. she's been there through a lot, through <laughs> through my baby mama drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> through, yeah, yeah. You know, shout out BMs. Yeah, yes. You know, you know, <laughs> my baby mama drama through my issues with different individuals in the Milwaukee music mm -hmm. scene to do through a lot. She's been there and she's like been like somebody who I can always depend on. And, you know, I always try my best to, you know, reciprocate that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not perfect. I, I'm a man. So we make mistakes and sure things do. like that. But yeah. dealing with her that, you know, she is the one who's out of all the women I've dealt with, who's been there and actually mm -hmm. helped me get to where I am today. Like without sign up, I wouldn't have tried to, I wouldn't have expanded or actually took the jump or the leap, I should say, to be a freelance graphic designer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like now I have my own business now, and that's because of her, you know, because she gave me the courage and she gave me the, you got it, don't be scared, that push that I needed to actually yeah. step out here like, you know what, sorry, you know what, um, this is something you can do and we're gonna be fine, yeah. don't that's worry. What, that's what I love about women. Like they always have, they always know always, what to like, say. Always, no matter the situation. They're you know so how to make like, you upset. They know how to make you. Happy. <laughs> they ground you, man. Like yeah. they just ground you, and like I. That's why, like you know, I value all the relationships. I, all my woman friends, my mother, yeah. you know, my, you know, significant others I've had in the past. Like, it just, it's a, it's very grounding to have that person that is there to help you make sense of your feelings right because without that a lot of us men would be fucking lost right you know? because we as men and it's something i've learned about myself and this is pretty much a a gen general consensus with all men almost it's a very slim number of men who don't have this issue but we as men we don't know how to handle our emotions yeah right emotions. what are those yeah, you yeah. Know what <laughs> yeah. We, try to, we try to suppress them and you know uh, whatever it is what it is right instead whatever. of actually Big dealing one. with what made you feel that way yeah and that's something i'm working on as a, um myself like Same. yeah i try to be a to oh it's okay whatever mm -hmm. 
but when I get home, I'm cussing that person out. Like, yeah. I may not be physically or like, actually cussing that person out, but I'm talking shit in yeah. my house about right, this right, person right, right. because I feel a way as opposed to actually dealing with that. So it's, like, it's a verbal catharsis. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, I, that's something we as men, we have to get better at, at, at actually expressing our issues yes. with people, yes. especially the ones we love. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like we as men, we have this, this like, this mantra of, if I feel a way about someone I care about, it's whatever. Right, I'll bury it, bag it up. You know, and that's kind of how a lot of us are raised. We're raised mm -hmm. to be like, oh, whatever, it's not that big a deal. And if it's that big a deal, you act on it. That's kind of how I was raised. You know, my mom yeah. always instilled with me with like, if someone disrespects you, you act on it. Yeah. So I act on it right. instead of actually getting to the the root issue of why. Yeah. And I feel right. like that's what we don't do. Right. As yeah. men, like we don't get to the issue of why. Like we we get mad, feel away, whatever the case may be. Instead of actually, we either suppress it or act out. Yep. And that's something yeah. that you know I feel like needs to change and something that we all got to work better at. So yeah. Of course. Yeah. Dude, I agree. Um, Hassani, like, what's the headspace you like most to write in, like, when you're writing music, like, what's the headspace you feel like you typically have written in? Girls. 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 Shout out, girls. Girls. <laughs> I was just like, the last, like, verse I had written, like, I was around a girl. Sure. And it was like, it was a dope verse, and I was like, and it was just me sitting there just, like, on my phone, just, like, jotting shit down, and I'm just like, like, wow, like, this woman right here is like a nice muse. And so it had like made me think back to like when I was like younger. And when I liked a woman, like I would just write poems about her. You know, I was just like, yeah. like think like, oh my goodness, like her hair looks nice or, you know, you know, we would be in like middle school and I'd be like, you know, the way you make me feel when you walk into class, like all of that like gushy, mushy kind of stuff that right, like men yeah. suppress, like I would just put it on on like paper and pad. And so like women, Women just tend to just like bring the best out of me. And so when it comes to like writing, like I'm a very like romantic kind of writer. Mm -hmm. I, it's kind of like in, in our day and age of just like bitches and hoes, you know, it's just kind of like it's missing in our music. Yeah. But um, I kind of like channel that energy and just to like the type of woman that I imagine myself, yes. you know, being with. So right. whenever I kind of like write, you know, more recently, I would say, is just like focusing on that muse. Of course, that's great because like women are, you know, and a lot of like um, a lot of times like women are written about based on their sexual value. Yeah, you know, nah, and that's and, and that's yeah. just not what it's about. Right? No, like, yeah. and I try not to do that. Like, and and that's something. Yeah. It, it's in my music now. I would yeah. say because like I sound like a hypocrite if I don't mention that, but. At the same time, it's just, when you get to a certain point as a man, you just kind of like, the, the ass and titty stuff, it just... Don't like, matter. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Like, I want some substance. Like, what is your favorite movie? Um, right. Do yeah. you... Like, yeah. What like, do you like? Yeah, like, you know? where do you want to be taken out to? Yeah. Like, at night, you know? What, like, what do you make of this world? Exactly. And, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you, like, yeah. 100%. Like... I know, like me personally, like even with Beautiful Nightmare now, working on Soulful Heart, like I don't even, I don't think I've yet made a song that was like bitches and hoes. Yeah. Like, if I've made it, I, you know what? I take that back. Soulful Heart has one song like that. Sure. But for the most part, all the music I've written has been tailored to my feelings and how I feel about certain situations. Like, you know, and that's why I try, like, I tell people, like, when they listen to my music, don't go into it listening for me to be a, a specific type of artist, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not yeah. a specific type of artist. Like, I'm not a, like, an R&B and soul type of rapper. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a, you know, a, a Kevin Gates. I'm not a, like, whatever vibe I get from the instrumental that's giving me and whatever thoughts are going through my head, that's what you gonna get. Mm -hmm. You know, and I try to make music based off that. And, like, like you said, like, I know Soulful Heart was written 
like a good 80% of it is about Simon. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly speaking, like, yeah. there's. Shout out to Simon. You know, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, the song I have with Genesis Renji isn't about Simon. Shout out Jen, though. Yeah, shout out yeah, Jen. Yeah, shout out Jen. Yeah. The song I have with. So, I have like four, four features on the project. Mm. So, the song with Jen isn't about uh, women at all. Um, the song with Taj Virgil is. Mm. The song with. Um, S God King isn't about women at all, and then the song with Paper Stacks is shout out Paper Stacks, my other brother. Shout out Paper, Paper, yeah. So like, you know, I don't. My music is ba ba very like situational. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the type of artist. Whatever I'm going through, that's the project you go. Yeah, get. Right. you know what I'm saying. So it's like if I if I had like a breakup, you gonna get a take care from me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy because to kind of like contrast that, because again, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because my music right now, I feel like there's some kind of like, I don't know what to call it. Like, while there's some romantic spirit inside of me, there's also this just like player demon that's inside of me as yeah. well. It's just like, right. you know, like forget these, like, you know, let these hoes, like forget them, like, dog, like all this other extra stuff, which I kind of like. <laughs> Like I channel into some of my lyrics because of the places that some women have taken me as far as like being hurt and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes when you, when you get across some women, they kind of like take you, you know, you, you get comfortable with them and you know, you relax with them and you kind of like, you know, you open yourself up to them and then they kind of like do you dirty. So the way you, you respond to it and the way that I've kind of respond to it is just like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? F you, you know what I'm saying? Like, are uh, you a hoe now? Like, and in my music, you know, which I have out now, it kind of like channels that kind of energy. So, and that's kind of like why I'm single now is because like I have those trust issues. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of options out here, but I don't necessarily think to myself to where it's just like, oh, I might like you, but you know, you yeah. might be kind of this way. So let me just back away right, from Right, yeah. You know? Man, I... I'm feeling on that trust issues shit. Yeah. I'm weird though. Like, okay. So, back to 2014. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of your, the bane year, yeah. Yeah, like the start of fifth. Like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? But, right. um, you know, going back to 2014, that was when, like, a woman really burned me for the first time. Mm. Like, not city wise, but actually, yeah. like, Fuck me up mentally, you know what yeah, I'm saying? That, yeah. that was the first time where I actually went through a heartbreak, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, after that, I had another situation where I tried to not allow what happened in 2014 to actually immediately affect what I had going on. Mm -hmm. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's like everything after the situation ship I had after I got out was like how he feels like fuck with this da, da, da. Right, like right, yeah. but then in the midst of like all the women I realized like yo this it was fun it was cool yeah I had yeah. a nice little run right but yeah. this ain't for me you know what I'm saying yeah. so it's like I'm, I'm just not the I've never really been the guy to have you know, multiple women. I've always, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, been in a, 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 a situation of commitment. Mm -hmm. But like, for like a good six months to a year, I was just running through. Like I was just having fun. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, been there. I've been there too, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's like it's a weird phase. Yeah, it's like yeah. You want to love, but then again, you want to love for tonight. Right, right, right. You want right, yeah. to feel the love that you had prior to the heartbreak. Yeah, and I feel like that's what men. It can't be all. It ain't all men, no, but some not. men. When we're in these situations, we we deal with a lot of men, women. I know me personally. I was dealing with a lot of women to, and I was chasing the love I felt um, prior to the heartbreak. Yeah, you know, I was trying to to really recapture that feeling yeah and it's like i eventually got to the point where i was like what am i doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what am i doing right i feel like 
part of the reason why a lot of us men resort to that, like once we get out of that commitment with that person, you know, why we choose to, you know, sort of like go crazy and be super fucking single, like after our, our relationship is because like relationships and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like relationships teach us a lot about ourselves and what we yeah. want yeah. and we want to like start really start pursuing that and our initial sort of our initial like instinct is to you know let's start testing the waters with all these different people you know let's like yeah. let's start seeing like well now that like I didn't receive that in that relationship, like what I was going after, like I'm, I'm craving that now. So I want to, I want to like start chasing after that with all these different women. And I've been with that, like I've, I've been guilty of that too. And you know, it's like at the end of the day, like you're not gonna find that through, you know, like a lot of. It, it, it's not about. I mean, it's not about quantity. It's about the quality you have exactly. that relationship exactly. with, with that woman. And and you know I, like, and there's still times where I feel like, oh man, like I, and like I really want to get to know this girl. Like I want to like, you know, I want to ask her to hang out. I want to. I don't. I don't know if I'm ready for a relationship just yet and shit. But like, it's it happens organically, mm -hmm. and you know. I, like the emotional um, connection and validation and just ability to process with right. that you receive from a woman is or partner you know whoever you're with right it you know it trumps all of that like immediate physical connection you get with you know like trying to like chase after like you know all, all these people like post relationship at once. Yeah, yeah and, and that's something I learned, you know, it, it took a minute because I know like I hadn't really had up to when I got out, like I hadn't had a really, mo I hadn't had a moment where I was like, I'm single. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's up? Like, I didn't really have that moment until like, you know, after like that situation when I got out. So I was like, Okay, I'm single. I'm finna have fun. Yeah. But then, like, it got to the point where it was like, yo, just like the sixth girl this week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I, I got tired of it. And you know, I feel like every man has to get to that point yeah. before they actually settle down. But you don't find that closure. You yeah. know, there's no closure, yeah. man. It's a, it's all immediate. It's, it's yeah. nothing lasting. You know. You really got to get to that point where you like, yo. This ain't really doing shit for yeah, me. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not progressing in life doing this. Right. And you know, like, and I feel bad because I keep mentioning her, but like, sign up when. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, shout out significant yeah. others. So yeah. like, when me and um, me and Sina start dealing with each other, like, she caught me at the tail end of that. I'm having fun stage. Yeah. And you know, I was still doing dumb shit. Like, I wasn't taking our relationship seriously or any of that. But like. Then I started to recognize, yo, she's really here for me. Yes. Like yes. she truly cares. And mm -hmm. you know, I was I was under the impression because my last two situationships were shit. And I was like, man, she's just somebody who's gonna be here momentarily. But mm -hmm. then like you know, I started to see signs of no, she wants to be here and she yeah. really wants me to get my shit together. And I feel like every man goes through that with a woman that they actually are with currently. And if especially if it's been like a long-standing relationship, they've had that rough-ass patch where they're yeah. like trying to figure shit out. And I feel like I'm glad me and her went through that in the beginning instead of now. Because it's like, you know, we do now have a baby on the way and things like that. So it's like, I'm just kind of glad we are where we are now. Like we're actually at a point of understanding. And I feel like no one should jump into a relationship until they have that point of understanding. Because, yeah. like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, after that last situation before I signed, I was running through them. Like, I, 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 yeah, I was a hoe. Bro, I've been a hoe too. <laughs> and there's nothing, you know, some people like that lifestyle. Yeah, I but a lot like of it. us, a lot of us phase out of it, you yeah. know? I got tired of uh, it. it I, just the contrary. I've been a hoe too. Just the contrary. I've been on this whole like singleness is a gift wave because like I 
I channel that like sexual energy that I have, right, to like really just put it back into myself and just like build myself up. The quote, um, don't chase after butterflies, just mend your own garden and the butterflies will come. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just on like building myself up to the point where it's just like, I don't have to like chase after girls. Like girls are just like frolic over to me. And so I've noticed in channel in channeling my own sexual energy, like um, I've appreciated, you know, women for just like the simple things like uh, conversation, the way that their eyes look, you know, how their hair is, yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And, you know, when they talk to me, they like look at me in like a certain kind of way, like like women have like a like an easy way of just like spotting like alphas out. If like you're in a group of males, like they'll be able to point me out like, oh, that dude's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that dude's like maybe on something different. Like he might not, you know what I'm saying, try to be on me. And then it's also like having that mindset to where it's just like, like I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, a woman is supposed to like, and this is just in my opinion, like they're supposed to compliment you in ways. They're not supposed to like feel places where you feel like, like you lack in areas and that like you kind of like need them to be able to just like do the stuff that you wouldn't normally do with yourself. They're supposed to be like, Oh, well, you cook, I cook too, let's cook together. Oh, you make music, I make music too, like, let's make music together. Like, because it's all in that, like, combining. So that's why, like, I'm really selective in the women that I talk to too, because I know that my time is worth more than just, like, talking to a chicken head. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm worth more as an individual if I'm not treating my body as, like, a hoe. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, there were cases where, like, yeah, I was out here doing that, but... At the same time, like I got to a point where it was just like, just like you were saying, fifth, like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. Right. So I agree with you for the most part. Where my difference in opinion comes in on that subject would be more so like, you know, how you said like I don't feel like they should or women should like feel the vo- basic. This is my opinion. Feel the void of what you lack in. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody in the world, no matter who you are you have like weak spots yeah and i feel like you know this is just me personally like you know and this is kind of like in the culture i was raised in you know i'm a muslim so i don't you know this is just kind of how we raised like the woman is supposed to be that basically be the part of you you're weak at. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like me personally i'm i'm in high stress situations, I'm not that good of a thinker. Like I, I kind of act off emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But Sina, on the other hand, granted, she's a little bit of a hot head too. You know, yeah. It's kind of the Gemini in her. She kind of can't help it, but mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, she's helped me see like, yo, you should be a thinker right now. Don't react. Kind of think and then mm-hmm. react. And then, like, when it comes to, like, a lot of shit, like, she helps me in ways that no one's ever helped me because mm-hmm. she, re- make, she makes me realize, like, yo, you could be better here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we all need that as men, like, that, that, that check, like, hey, get your shit together. Stop that bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I feel like women, women are, like, that perfect person mm-hmm. because... We're going to listen to our woman before we listen to our guys. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As much as they, women, try to, you know, push the message of, oh, we always with our guys. No. We're going to listen to our woman before we listen to our guys. Yeah. And it's weird, but hey, it is what it is. Like, I feel like, you know, like in the, in the general sense of everything, like, there's been many times when I've literally been like this close to a fight. Mm-hmm. And Sina's been like, you forcing it. You need to shut the fuck up. And it up. just shuts all the way down. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, you're right. I'm tripping. That's, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. I do. I just feel like for me personally. It's not something to lean on. I feel like that's what you were saying. Like, that, that, you want to be complete as your own person. Yeah. And if they, if they help you in your weak spots, they help you in your weak spots. But yeah. that's not something you want to lean on. I feel like that's what you were saying. Yeah, I could be wrong though. Well, no, you you're right because in the past, like that's what I have treated women as. Right. Like instead of treating a woman as like somebody to compliment me and to fill in my weak spots, I treated them as like literally somebody like okay, you know, if I'm angry, if I'm going through a situation, like I can just talk to them about it. Like we could just have sex and then that's that. Like I'm cool. Right. Like, 
like weed. You know what I'm saying? Like treating a woman like she's a drug or something like that. Not as like an actual physical person. Like right. I'm an actual physical person. Mm -hmm. And not reciprocating those needs. So it's just for me, like, and everyone has like their different stages in life. I'm just not at the stage of my life to where like I am willing to like reciprocate that type of supportive energy to right. another that. woman. I feel like, and maybe. that's and that's okay, you yeah, know. And it's, okay. important, it's, it's important. Right. To, it's important to it's important to acknowledge for yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. um, all right, all right. We got Hassani, AK Hellcat. We got fifth. Um, so um, camera died sadly. Um, really briefly, uh, fifth. Tell me a little bit about what you're working on right now. I'm working on um, Soulful Heart. Soulful Heart is literally ninety five percent done. I'm literally just like in the. The fixing the small tweaks and you know getting the features mixed and mastered and stuff like that. Um, Soulful Heart is a project that is to display like my full range as artists. Um, it's gonna have me singing on it. It's gonna have me, you know, um, actually dabbing more into like the melodies and, and the harmonies and things like that, and actually playing with my voice to see what, you know, just so the listeners can hear exactly what I can do. Like, you won't hear any, like, there isn't a singer on the project. Sure. Pur purposely, there isn't a singer on the project. Just to show people, like, if you hear any singing in the background, it's me. Like, you know, I really want to really display, like, my full range as an artist from the rapping aspect of it. Um, from you know the songwriting aspect of it, from you know everything like you know, East I Love is a song which is the first official single from the um, project Soulful Heart, which displays a little bit of that. You you hear me rapping, but you hear background singing. You know you hear yeah. a lot of melodies and a lot of layers and things like that. And that's all me. I didn't get any help with awesome. that. Um, you know, and, and another like side note for Soulful Heart. Soulful Heart is a it's pretty much a project I wrote for the most part, except for like three songs mm -hmm. um, about my significant other, which her name is Sina. So, you know, Sina's helped me a lot in this last year. And that's pretty much what the project is displaying, like, you know, all the all the hardships I've been through and what she's helped me through lately. So Hell yeah, man. We'll be looking for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're excited for that. Um, Hellcat, what are you working on right now? Man, um... I had intended for Songs 3 to be kind of like the next thing out, um, but uh, we'll give you the summary in 2020. I'll just leave it at 2020. All right. Well, we'll be looking for that too. Um, fifth, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night is failure. Um, I'm afraid of failure. I feel like, you know... I'm kind of like all in with the music right now. And me being a graphic designer, like I feel like those are my two options. And, you know, I feel like it's it's make or break at this point. You know, I have, you know, three kids technically, and it's like I don't want to let them down. So yeah. I feel like failure keeps me up at night. It keeps me pushing. It keeps me working. It keeps me writing and working and experimenting on different sounds and things like that to, you know, not sound like the next person, but create my own sound and style and kind of flourish in it. Sure. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, Hassani, uh, what keeps you up at night? I don't know. I get really good sleep. <laughs> man. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I guess I can't really, really think of anything that like keeps me up at night because I'm really comfortable with the kind of like man that I've been coming, I've been becoming like a lot lately. Yeah. Like usually what kept me up was just like worry and anxiety about stuff and situations that I had like went through, yeah. you know, but sure. you know, after just like letting go of your problems, like you just kind of like have a clear headspace. And so I don't really have issues with sleeping unless like I take a nap early and I wake up and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not tired. That's you know? valid. But Fifth world puts you to sleep though. What puts me to sleep, I would say, um, is the growth that I've, you know, had over the last two years. I would say, you know, the growth and dealing with my mental um, illness, the growth I've had with, you know, actually 
being a father and like my approach with my daughter as well as you know getting ready for the baby that's to come um the growth i've had as an artist so i feel like growth is what helps me sleep at night because it it gives me a, a sign of satisfaction to let me know hey i'm making the right moves and i'm yeah. moving in the right direction to actually obtain the goals that i'm looking to obtain so awesome. i would say growth beautiful man uh, and then hasani what puts you to sleep I know you said you're a good sleeper, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, when I pray and I ask God to protect my family, because I know that that's something that, like, you know, regardless of, you know, how much I try to do, I can't do everything, you know, by myself. So when I pray and I, like, ask for that, and I'm reminded that, you know, any and everything that, you know, he does is within his design and within, within his grand plan, whether it goes right or whether it goes you know, wrong, that's what, like, I'm able to go to sleep on that thought. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks for being on the show. No problem. Thanks for being on the show. You guys are great. We had an amazing talk. Um, man, uh, all I got to say is, uh, you know, um, know your triggers and also know what gives you closure in life and also just, like, respect your significant other yes, and nice. the closure and the validation and the beauty that they bring into your life because man like they're 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 not going to stick around if you don't value them for who you are at the end of the day and man i just gotta say like whatever your significant other is just value them thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time you love hell yeah